Hey everybody, this is Frank Bubble from Anthrax, and this is the Hard Rock Core Podcast. Hey everyone, this is Mark, and this is episode 55 of the Hard Rock Core Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time, I hope you enjoyed the ride. If it's your second time, your 43rd, your 26th, maybe it's your 55th. Thank you for being a continued supporter, a continued listener. And I'm glad to know my voice hasn't gotten on your nerves yet to turn it off. Well, maybe it has gotten on your nerves, but you just bear with it so you can hear who I'm talking with. Either way, thank you. I appreciate you taking the opportunity to give me a chance to talk about music with some of your favorite artists, maybe some you've never heard of, and enjoy great conversations. Today's conversation is with the incredible, nice guy, family guy, Mr. Frank Bello of Anthrax. Bassist, um, I, I really enjoyed this conversation. He was very open. We talk about moms. No, not mom jokes. Get, get rid of that. Not mom jokes. We talk about moms. We talk about family. We talk about his upcoming book. We talk about all things Anthrax, 40-year anniversary coming up. We talk about guitar pick wars with anthrax what's that mean well go further in this interview go further in this conversation you'll hear what that guitar pick war means because that was kind of a, f- a very fun time to experience and live through talk about the tours they've done the blueprint the fingerprint they've left behind just a definitive band in, in, in my history hopefully yours as well always been a fan of anthrax i mean early on we talk about you know spreading the disease and you know the song medusa i mean among the living one of the definitive thrash metal albums i mean how can you deny that album just fantastic state of euphoria persistence of time and even the most recent releases have been just as strong as they were 30 years ago and we can't forget the bush era as well sound of white noise i mean that song only god such a driving rhythm there but always been a fan of the band. And, and although a thrash metal band, you know, these guys were wearing shorts. They, they were one of those bands who bridged the, the rap and metal thing at that point in time, you know, with I'm the Man and obviously doing their stuff with Public Enemy. But always been a supporter of Anthrax. Always have been. And an honor for me to talk with, with Frank today and bring this conversation to you. And I look forward to seeing them at Aftershock later this year and hopefully hooking up. And maybe... We'll share some gravy together. What's that mean? Well, again, listen to the conversation. You'll hear what we're talking about when we say gravy. That sound okay? Gravy. I don't know how that sounds. Anyways, I appreciate you. Thanks for tuning in. As always, you can find me online at hardrockcore.net with links to all of my socials, my Instagram, lots of my photography there, Twitter, Spotify playlist. YouTube channel, and of course, all of this, the podcast information. Now, let's get on to this conversation with Mr. Frank Bell of Anthrax. We're about to celebrate 40 years with a live stream, graphic novels, all sorts of great things going on. On to the conversation, Mr. Frank Bello. Mark. Good morning, or is it good afternoon where you're at, my friend? Uh, actually, it's one o'clock in the afternoon. It's a good time. How are you doing? Man? Good morning to you. Where are you? I'm in uh, Sacramento, California. Uh, how's the weather there, dude? Because I got a really ugly, muggy day here. It's like rainy and gross. I think we'll be sitting around 95 today. So not too, not too hot, not too bad. It's under 100. You know, it, it'll be a lot cooler when you guys are out here for aftershock in October. I, I would hope I was going to ask you that next. So I hope, hopefully it'll be a nice dry day. I'll take dry first and then um, the rest of it will take care of itself. I think it's going to be okay. Absolutely, man. So, uh, I mean, I'm a week early, forgive me, but I want to be the first to say happy early birthday to you. Oh, dude, thank you. You know what's weird, Mark? Before you said that, I completely forgot about it. <laughs> <laughs> Is that bad? So, you know, I don't even, you know what's weird? It's going, I love the summer and it already June's gone. My kid just got out of school. It, it seems to be flying by already. And that kind of scares me because I don't like winter, you know, it's just, uh, you know, but thank you for that. 
No, man, it's two days before my mom's birthday, so good people around the same time frame. I'm good with that. Ah, there you go. Happy birthday, mom. I love mom. Mom is my, that's my passion. I love mom. Moms are where we came from, literally, and figuratively in our heads, too, so, um, figuratively. So I, I, I was just actually, just before March, just before this call, I was on the phone with my mom. Dude, that rules, man. That absolutely rules. Yeah. Don't forget where you came from, right? You have to, you know, without, I think, you know, growing up, you know, always wanting to do music, be involved in music. There was a point, uh, you know, where mom was just like, would you just go to school, get a degree? You know, she, you know, that, that typical thing. But I'm like, but mom, you know, music, I want to do this. And then I started, I was working in marketing and I got a, uh, a gig to go out on the road and do um, marketing on a, on a tour with Ozzy and Zombie. And awesome. that wow. was like 2001. And, you know, she sent me a nice card in the mail and said, you know what, you know, sometimes you sacrifice temporary inconvenience for permanent satisfaction and you're doing these things you wanted to do. So I'm proud of you. And that just meant everything to me at that point in time. Well, you have a great mom. You know, that's what we really have to appreciate. You know, I, I guess as we get older, we see this more. I, I appreciate my mom gave me the, you know, just the freedom to do what I wanted to. So my mother, my grandmother, we were very lucky to have that go find your way kind of vibe, you know, and, uh, we've done that and we're very fortunate that we, we are okay with it, you know, that it worked out. But, uh, I, I moms, moms mean a lot to me. So, uh, all moms, all moms, it's a, it's a big deal to me. So to keep, keep close with them. Well, see, you, you kind of said something, you know, that, that kind of rings true is that, you know, maybe we had the same thing that my mom said, no, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to fall flat on your face. You're going to do stupid things but you're still my son. I want you to navigate the waters and, and it, I'll, I'll be here no matter what for you. When, when, it, when it gets rough, I'll always be here, but you're going to make mistakes. That's part of life, you know? Absolutely. And you have to, you know, and being a father as I am, um, I see that with my son. I, I, you know, I want to lead him the right path, of course, but you also have to have him, let him, let him have some leeway along with the, for his life and just some freedom to make him make mistakes and, and learn from his mistakes. Cause, Everything can't be taught by parents, you know, you, like all of us, man. We have to learn on our own also. That's what I've learned that, uh, after the years of living. It's like, all right, you got you to gotta fall down to get yourself up again. You know, you, you brush yourself off and say, all right, I'm going to do it a different way next time. Um, that's what I've learned along the way. And I think our parents, my grandmother, I, see, I grew up in a, in a house with my grandmother. Because um, um, after my dad, uh, I went to live with my grandmother. Uh, so she was more... Um, more of a mom figure also. So I had like two moms, my mom and my grandmother. So I, I had a, I had a really good thing though. But then uh, and again, the freedom to make your own mistakes is really cool. You know, guide you, of course, guide guidance is great, but um, you also need the freedom to make your own mistakes this way you can learn for the future. I think that's important to be independent. Well, you had the double mom role that are happening for you. So that was like the double whammy. If you got out of line, they both wacky, wouldn't they? Uh, yeah, you know, thankfully, thankfully, I mean, uh, I just try to keep in line within reason. You know, you know, you have to stay under the radar and not be, I try not to be foolish. Music was always my passion. They knew that. So uh, it, it, they knew I wanted to follow my dream. So, and uh, I was dedicated and all that good stuff. So, and then when I got in the band, it all made sense because um, uh, my drummer, Charlie, I'm related to him. So it, it was a family thing in the band, Anthrax. Uh, so it really worked out, uh, where we were always together and they, they liked that with Charlie and I were together. So, uh, it worked out. It was like a family vibe going and, uh, it all, you know, the way I look at it now is it, it's a, it's a nice story when I, when I look back at it and, um, it, it's a crazy, it's, it's, a, I can't believe it's been all these years now and you kind of re- reflect that. I just wrote this book, so I'm reflecting on it all. I'm like, wow, that was some ride. <laughs> it's weird when you look back at it. Well, yeah, and that's like the magical thing. I mean, a a lot to talk about. And before we get going on everything, I just want to say thank you for your time, man. It's a blessing to talk with you. I appreciate you being giving me this, you know, time today. No, thank you, Mark. Look, I I love talking. Good people are good people. The way I look at it, I'm I'm a people person. I, I, you know, I just why not? We haven't talked to anybody in so long. Everybody's been held down. I'm in my basement for a year and a half during this COVID thing, working and, and playing and stuff like that. Uh, so I, I'm more than happy to just start spreading the wings again and, and talking to people and, and, you know, 
just hopefully people feel better in, in this on this earth now. So people are moving on with their lives. I hope you know. Well, yeah, and that, that's that's a beautiful thing. And I mean, you know, you mentioned your son. I mean, how are you feeling after the last year and coming out of what this hell we all went through? And you know, how did that impact your your you know family relationships like that? How, how, how did you, how did did you grow closer together? What happened there? Yeah, like like everybody else, I'm no different than anybody else. I'm I'm a dad. Uh, I love being a dad. I'm a, I'm a, I have my wife. We live in the house. You know, I'm a family, and um, it it was it, like every, everybody else is the same thing. It was, it was terrible. It's just nobody expected any of this. Uh, my my wife was working from home. Thankfully, she could work from home. Um, her job moved her to to inside my house, and my son also. We did um, schooling at home. That's it. From you know, via the uh, internet and uh, computer from school. So they taught, the teachers taught uh, on the computer, you know, that whole hybrid thing. And then it worked out. It worked out, but it was a very, very tough learning curve for my, uh, for, for all of us actually, because there's no social interaction with anybody. You know, my son couldn't hang out with his friends. All that, you know, that's, that's, that's a tough thing. And none of us could. I mean, to think about it, humans, like talking to humans. I, I'm a human who likes talking to people. I like meeting people, all that good stuff. But this 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 virus made it impossible to get in contact with people. I'm, you know, I like people. I like talking to people. I like meeting people. Like you know, hugging. Like you know, all that stuff. All that fun stuff. But um, you, you can't do it. You know. <laughs> so hopefully, uh, you know, because there's, there's a light at the end of the tunnel here. We're all seeing, and I hope it continues. Uh, because, you know, I'm playing a show in a few, you know, in, in 10 days for the first time in over a year and a half, um, trying to get my body in shape, <laughs> all, <laughs> all this stuff. We're all, um, we're, we're trying to dust off the cobwebs and I'm brushing them off and, and everybody, everybody in life, not only musicians, people in general, I'm just happy to see life continue, you know, and, uh, the diligence of people and humans, you know, um, and, and going for it. And it's the human spirit and I love it. And uh, I'm just happy, you know, we've been, we've all been through a tough time, you know, and we've learned, we've learned a lot of lessons. I know I have, I, I want to enjoy, I want to enjoy more. I want to, uh, I'm very, I know how fortunate I am. I just want to enjoy more. And I want to look, you know, I want to have a good time. I think everybody should have a good time. We've been through this rough ride. Let's go out and enjoy life as humans. That's the way I look at it. Well, it, it's interesting because, you know, we, we talk about, you know, there's been that remote learning, you know, people learn that they can work from home now to do their jobs, which is a blessing because now you're not spending money on gas. You're not spending that $6 on Starbucks yeah. in the morning. You know, all those things changed. Yeah. But the the yeah. thing I noticed, because in California, we just went maskless, you know, two weeks ago. I noticed everybody's mouths look so much smaller because we're used to seeing that mask on the face. I imagine everybody had big mouths now that everybody's <laughs> mouths look smaller. You know, it's, it's a crazy thing with the masks. See, I'm still a little, for me, um, my doctor, having, uh, it's autoimmune thing I got to be careful of for me, me, me personally. So I got to be a little more careful when I, you know, whether I talk to people, you know, when I'm talking and stuff and I go out in like a crowded place and stuff, but I still want to breathe. <laughs> you know what I mean, I, I still, I can't wait till the, the time we're all off masks and I can, I can hang out people and hug people and all that good stuff that's coming. You know, I look forward to the future. It's, it's, this was, like I said, a hard learning curve, but I think we're all going to get past this and we'll be, be, you know, we'll one day be able to hang out again and all that good stuff. Like it's nice. Just to, I went to see the Foo Fighters. I said this in another interview. I went to see the Foo Fighters last week on a Sunday. It was great. It was great. I, you know, uh, I, I was screaming my head off. It was just a fun getting it all out kind of vibe. It was a fun. So I'm looking forward to getting back to shows. I'm looking forward to playing shows. You know, looking forward to, you know, just interacting with people. You know, I think that's going to be fun. Because I, I like talking to people. Well, what was it like at the Garden? Because, you know, doing this first show and nobody's social distance and you can see people smiling. What kind of energy did you feel there? Uh, Mark, that energy, uh, I talked about it in another interview. Um, it was incredible. It was, it was exactly what I needed at that time because, you know, it was my first show back to see a show. For a lot of people, I've never seen the crowd, the, the, the Madison Square Garden, as crowded as that. It was packed in that place. Um, and just people were having a great time. It was just uh, an energy. The band was awesome. Three hours, Dave Grohl and the Foo Fighters, they were just awesome. Um, 
it was everything I wanted out of that. I, I, had, I had vodka, I had a couple of vodkas. Uh, you know, I had the, so I, I just, I wanted to be a fan and just raise my hand and scream a little bit like everybody else. Right. I said, and I was in my seat. I loved it. I just, I just had a great time. Great set. It was very fulfilling. And I hope, I hope that carries on now. I hope everybody could get that, that feeling again. You know, I'm looking forward to it. I think, I think, um, people are really wanting that. So I look forward to everybody getting healthy and, 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 and things moving on with all of our lives. Absolutely. And you mentioned you guys have a show coming up. You've got this live stream coming on up and that's going to be, when do you guys start rehearsals for that? Well, here's, here's what rehearsals is. I'm in my basement right now, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to say, uh, I've been in this basement locked in. Uh, uh, my, I had to do it myself. I just say, look, I'm going to be, I told my wife and my son, look, I'm going to be downstairs making a lot of noise. <laughs> exactly. Cause I, I put the bass amp up a little bit. I want to get the vibe, you know? So I was making some noise and uh, learning songs I haven't played in forever, dude. Um, and I love it. And it was, it was refreshing. It, it got the hunger back. And because, you know, we're all dusting, like I said before, dusting the cobwebs off. It felt good, man. It felt good to just jam again. I was playing along to the songs, rehearsing, and, you know, and it, it, it feels great. And I, look, I can't wait to get back on tour, onto a stage. You know, in front of a crowd, for God's sake, I can't, I can't wait to interact and have that energy with a crowd. Um, that's what I'm looking forward to. Um, yes, this, this live stream is going to be amazing because it's a lot of different, a lot of crazy different songs, which is great that we went back and, and dug out, which I'm, I'm very proud of. There's some fun surprises. Uh, and it's, you know, uh, we'll give the energy that, that, that it needs. So I, I'm pretty excited about it. I think it's a, it's a good, um, it's a good hello for for all of us who've been away for a while, you know, and uh, just to get back into this whole thing. It's a, it's a good starting point for what's next. You know, Anthrax, you know, we're writing a record next year. We plan um, to have a full on tour and record, all that good stuff. So, and get back to life. Let's face it. We all need to get back to life and that's, what's important. And I'm looking forward to that. I agree. Now I know you probably won't say or, or can't say because you said you're going to dig out some gyms for this one. How deep were you talking? I can bleep it out or I cannot air it until then, but uh, how deep of cuts are you talking here? There's some deep cuts. Um, I, to tell you the truth, we all, you know, we went back and forth in emails and stuff, what we like. Talking as fans, I think that's important. You got to talk as fans. What would fulfill fans and stuff? Would us make, make us feel good and as fans? And we went pretty deep. I, I, I kind of don't want to give it away because I think it's it's fun. And, you know, we're, we're going to do the obvious songs that people want to hear. You know, Caught in the Mosh, stuff like that. Indians, those are those are on. Those are always fun. People are the crowd pleasers. But um, for the people that want deeper, I think you're going to be satisfied. And I, I kind of don't want to ruin your surprise. I want you to I want you to enjoy the vibe and just say, oh shit, they're doing this. That's kind of <laughs> cool. Because I, I, you know, I, I want that vibe. Like, oh shit, they're doing this. Wow, cool. And I want to do it well, right? <laughs> I want to, I, I want to, um, I think we're all that hungry in the band, within the band. We're pretty friggin' hungry right now, like everybody else in, in, on this earth, to, um, to get out there and, and, and do it again. Whatever do it means, just get to it, really, you know? Well, whatever it is, I'll, I'll be stoked. I mean, early on in, in my musical career and playing in bands, the very first, like, original band I was in, the first time we got together, we said, we, we need to jam a few covers. And we ended up doing, yeah. um, it was a random set. We did uh, Live Wire by Motley Crue. We did uh, Black Magic mm -hmm. by Slayer. We did Medusa, you know, wow. from you guys. Um, yeah. Miracle Man from Ozzy. It was just all over the place. But Medusa was one of those cool tracks, just that that F-sharp riff, you know, that dun 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 That thing was just fucking badass to 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 just sit down as a drummer to sit there and beat the shit out of the drums for that simple beat which is so effective though man but i mean so many great memories of my life have come from anthrax and um being a fan early on and something as i i thought about you know waiting for you to come online here was as as a member of anthrax and you're talking 40 years you guys saw yeah. Vinyl fade out. You saw CDs come into fashion. You saw that go obsolete to streaming. Now you're seeing vinyl come back again. 
you've seen it all in 40 years. So you've seen the trends come and go. What What is that like for you when you look back and go, shit, I've done 40 years and everything's changed and vinyl's even back in. What's that like for you? I think, you know, honestly, and you'll understand this, Mark, as a, as a musician, you, you got to roll with the punches, right? We've learned that as musicians. In life, you have to learn to roll with the punches. And you go, you just go with whatever is going to get your music heard. And you go with, and you learn it, you know, whether it be vinyl, cassette, all that good stuff, the CDs, right? You know, downloading, whatever it is, it, 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 for, for me, whatever gets you, whatever gets your music out there because it's so hard now. Well, it's easy getting music out there, but it's so hard to, to gain an audience. And, and, uh, and it's not because it's, there's so, there's so much, there's so much great music out there. I think whatever gets you heard is the way to do it. That format, you know, I, I still love vinyl just to be honest with you. I love the crackle. Like, you know, everybody talks about that. I do. I'm one of those guys who love the warmth of a, of a crackle and that warmth of a vinyl thing. In fact, my 15 year old son, my son, Brandon, he's a vinyl guy, kid already, which I love. He's got, he's got his own nice collection building from his music. And he's into everything from hip hop to metal, to, you know, to goth, all that stuff. He's into everything, which is great. But um, that's carried over because he just likes the sound of it, which I appreciate. So it's not just for all of us who've been around. I think it's just, you know, whatever taste you want, but it's there. I like to go deeper as, you know, as a music lover. I love to give everything a shot. Vinyl for me still works. It does. I love the CD sound. You know, um, I think that's a great sound. But for me, it's always going to be the vinyl is going to be the best. Like you mentioned, it's that crackle. I'm the first vinyl I ever got was Kiss Rock and Roll Over, and I still have it. And it's yeah. scratched all the hell today. You know, I took the stickers out and put them on my on my bed back in the day. You know, when I was a kid, and uh, that that crackle. But yeah, that experience. Yeah, but I mean, y- you guys have seen the trends come and go. I mean, in the industry, you know, I, and I read Johnny Z's book, and I mean, he was such. I mean, he really put his heart and soul. It seems like into Anthrax. Um, you know, yeah. with, with doing, you know, the mega forcing in what can you say about Johnny and that, that legacy that he has brought forth, uh, with anthrax, you know, and, and are you still in touch with him today? Of course, of course. Actually, we just spoke a couple weeks ago. Um, I, I love Johnny Z and when you say Johnny Z, you also have to mention his, his wife, Marsha, rest her soul. She passed a little while ago. Absolutely. Marsha was, a. Uh, big deal to anthrax and, and she was a, she helped us she was nurturing Johnny and Marsha were really um, blaze you know they, they just they blazed it away man they, they made they made a path for us they made it uh, they were forward thinkers and they saw something in us that I'll never forget I love them they're family to me you have to understand they're family to, to anthrax obviously um, those the great people and they had vision uh, and you know they 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 really, especially when I got in the band, they were very nurturing. They were, they, they liked me in the band. They, they, um, they said I was good for the man when I first joined and they gave me a lot of confidence. I say that in my book and, uh, and I really mean that. I love those two people. God rest Marsha's soul. She, she was an awesome woman. And, uh, Johnny, Johnny's a powerhouse, you know, uh, it was a great time and they took a big chance on us and, uh, because they believed and, uh, we had a great history together and I'll, I'll never forget it. And, you know, they just, you know, they're just great, great people. Yeah, I, I spoke with him last year, and, uh, you know, just, you know, I, I the one thing I want to know, I said, you know, how did you get the King's X deal? And he said, oh, that, that was all my wife. You know, it was all her. I'm like, well, shout out to her for making that happen. That's always been one of my favorite bands with King's X. Um, Me too, dude. I agree with that. I love King's X. And Marsha, yeah, she had a lot to do with that, which is awesome. And, uh, again, Marsha was behind the scenes kind of, making things happen. So, um, they, they were great, a great combination of ma- uh, management record company. They really did a great job and, uh, really built us up. And, uh, I, I, I'll always thank them for that. Now, now what made you go the book writing route? What, what, what inspired you and made you go, no, what, it's time to tell my story. What, what was the catalyst there for you? That's a great question. You know, it's funny cause I, my co-writer, uh, Joe McIver, you, you probably heard of him. Um, he's, he does, he's done 30, I think 32 books at this point in his life. He's incredible. He's an incredible writer. I've been a friend of his for a long time. We've been talking about this for years, 
about getting this. And it just wasn't the right time. And, um, you know, it, it just happened when all this COVID started. Joel hit me up and he said, this might be the right time. And I started thinking about it. I said, you might be right. And where there was downtime and I can get my thoughts together and, and make it work where I, I can, you know, joke and joke. And, and what he's great doing is triggering a memory. He'll start up, he'll just light the match. And, you know, all of a sudden there's a big flame and he gets these stories out of me that maybe are in my head that I didn't have. Uh, I didn't remember a lot of them and I'm like, Oh my God. And this, and it would just carry on from there. He just, he just kind of lit the fire. And then uh, all these stories kept pouring out of me. That it just, it's, it's a great way to work because it's uh, all, all you kind of need is that little taste of a story. And then it, the piece, the pieces starting to come together. It's a lot of fun to do and relive this stuff uh, because it all came back. And once I was in that zone, uh, they started flowing and it was a lot of great fun stuff. And to relive it, it made me really reflect. I guess I'm in this reflection time. I think we all are from uh, this COVID thing that's going on. Uh, I, how, how fortunate I've been uh, to be in the band and, and just, you know, the success the band's had and all that stuff. So, and it's fun to tell the story. This is my story. Yeah, there's been personal heartbreak in my in my, my life. I said, uh, you'll read in the book. Um I, unfortunately, it was a big deal. Uh, my my brother passed away. He was, my brother Anthony, at 23 years old, was murdered, and it was a really tough time in my life. I write about that. Uh, going down to the murder scene, it was a very traumatic time in my life. Um, coming out of that, going back in, you know, into the Anthrax world, it goes back and forth. There's a lot of great, great rock and roll stories from people I've talked to that read this book. The people around me. So it's, uh, it's, it's both. There's a lot of fun. It's, I'm a sarcastic fuck, as you could probably tell. But I, and, I, and, I talk, and I write like that. So uh, I kind of tell the fun stories in a sarcastic way and, and, and you know, the, the heartfelt stories in kind of a passionate way because my brother was everything to me and family's everything to me. Um, so, you know, there's, there's ups and downs in the book, but um, it's, this is my story, you know, um, of my life. And I don't think a lot of people know a lot of these stories because, I've never shared these with them, other than people in my family, some of them, you know, and busy and stuff in there in my family get, you know, then I'm pretty sure they're going to be shocked at. So good times ahead. <laughs> well, you know, I, I applaud you for doing that, you know, and it, the, the title, the father, brothers and sons, and then surviving anguish, abandonment and anthrax. Um, was, was there healing that was done with this? Did you come to grips with anything or did you, were you able to put some things to rest in your life? Yeah, you know, this is cathartic. This, this thing, look, I've been through a lot of therapy. You have to understand, but I don't know if you know this or not. My dad, um, I come from an abandonment thing going. Uh, my dad took off when I was in a family of five. I was the oldest. I had four siblings. My dad took off when we were 10 years old. I don't know why all that stuff, the questions and all that stuff. So um, I then I went to live with my grandmother um, and I had to leave my mom with her the four kids because it was easier, financially easier. And plus I was getting literally beat up every day in the school I was at. Cause it was like a, it was a pretty rough area. So long story short, um, I grew up in that house where, uh, Charlie Benanti, the drummer of Anthrax were related. He's actually my uncle. And, uh, I grew up in that house and he got me into music at an early age. And, uh, so we grew up jamming together. So, um, it all adds up. Uh, into the anthrax thing. So this is how it all, you know, became what it is now. Um, look, uh, like everybody has tough stories, you know, everybody's got their life and this is mine. I don't think them any different than a lot of people out there that are in pain. But um, the way I look at it, if I can make people know that you can brush yourself off after all the, the heartaches in life and, and tough times. Yes. There's a lot of great times in life, but there's also some hard, a lot of heartache and, uh, if you can just brush yourself off and you can do this and move on, there's a way to do it. So if I can do it, hopefully you know that you can do it. And that's kind of where I'm at right now. It's just like, look, a lot of people hurting out there. Why not just, um, by telling my story and believe me, this is a raw story by, by, by saying that, by putting it out there and, uh, maybe you can help somebody have a better day the next day and move on to the next day and let them know that there's, there's light somewhere else, you know, things get better. You know, if you, you got to brush yourself off and move on, 
And uh, that's kind of where I'm at right now. Uh, it just it just showed me a lot, you know. It just showed me that uh, we've had a good run. It's just been, you know, the ups and downs of life. And, and, and a lot of people are in pain. Why not just say, look, I did this. Maybe you can take something from this book and put it in your own way and, and, and make something positive and move on with your life. And that's that's kind of what I felt what I wanted to do with this book. Well, I, I, I big believer in, you know, when people share things, it definitely helps them, but it also helps the listener as well too, because even though the listener may not admit it, they're going to get something out of it and can relate to it. And, you know, we, like you said, we all have ups, we all have downs. And, you know, again, going back to the span of your career, you guys have seen styles change where the guitar solo was not in fashion anymore. Then it came back again. And what kept you, you know, in, in the core part of Anthrax, because obviously you guys had your time with, with Bush as well, who those albums were fantastic as well. I, I love John Bush, love Armored Saint. Um, what kept you guys going? You know, the nucleus of, of Charlie, Scott, and you, what kept you guys moving forward? Uh, the drive of Anthrax, you just talked about that that's like where we live, the energy. Um, we, we know when we when we jam together, there's something special that we love. And, you know, not only in the band members, but also just fans there's something that ignites within us something it's an energy there that for me can't be touched I, I look forward i even look forward to jamming with these guys come up to these shows cause it's going to be a lot of fun yeah the, the live stream is going to be great but just to get out there again there's something in that nucleus that just is special that we knew from from, from all these years and that's what's great about the 40th anniversary celebrating that that is what we're celebrating it's been a great run and <clears throat> The great thing, uh, oh, the other great thing about this is there's more to come. There's more to, that's what makes me feel great about because some of the anthrax stuff that we're writing is, is some of the, literally some of the best, heaviest stuff we've written. I'm, I'm pretty excited about where, where we're at. So for the future, next year, record, tour, and all that stuff, um, you know, it, it, it's, a, it's a good, it, it's a positive thing to look to look forward to. So I'm, I'm um, I'm happy to be here. I'm happy. <laughs> I'm happy to be alive, like everybody else, right? But um, uh, I I just think that keeps us going, man. I, I think that drive and knowing that we have we have more to do. I think that's a drive that we and jumping on that stage again and and just getting that energy with the band, dude, with the, with the crowd. There's nothing like getting on a stage and, and having that energy together with the crowd. There's nothing like that. I, that's what I live for, man. I look forward to that. And to have a song that you, uh, you put on the record, you wrote part of it and you go out there and people are reacting to it like this. That's, that's the ultimate high really. And, uh, that's, that's what it's all about. So, and it makes you feel good at the end of the day, man, Mark, it makes you feel good. And that's why we all love music. Uh, that's why we all want to go to shows. That's why we all want to listen to music. Uh, I think it's important, and I'm glad we have it in our lives. So I, I'm looking forward to the future, man. Well, I, I am as well because I mean, like I said, you know, you I've seen you guys over the course of the years. Been there from I'm not going to say day one because I grew up in a small town in California. We didn't have record stores. It was hard to get a damn magazine back at that time, you know. But when I started discovering yeah. the band, I was damn, this is. This is a good one. I, I saw you guys with Kiss. I've seen you guys with, you know, the Clash of the Titans, with Iron Maiden, the Public Enemy Tour, made and Iron Maiden. I mean, just throughout the span of the career, I've always been there and seen it. And throughout those tours, was there, you know, maybe it was the first arena tours, the Shed Tours with Kiss, or maybe the stuff with Maiden. Is there anything you learned from those guys that, that you think, okay, that was great information, whether it was good or bad at the time, that's kept me going, or I've learned from them that maybe... I know Gene, Paul, Eric, I mean, anybody like that, that has shared with you, that's kind of stuck with you this whole time. Always. I, I learned from all these wonderful, great bands. We've been very fortunate to join with a lot of our heroes, specifically Kiss, Iron Maiden. You know, you, I mean, you can look at our, our, our history. We've, we've toured with just about everybody. The only, you know, it's weird, Mark, I'll say this on the side note. The only play, the only band that I would love to, and I think we all collectively want to do this. We, we, the one that's uh, still missing from our our resume, we haven't played with ACDC yet. I would one. I just want to play one show. I'll open any show around the world for ACDC just to say, you know, the greatest, you know, the greatest band in the world, ACDC. 
that we opened for the greatest band in the world. I would love to do that one day because ACDC still to this day is awesome in every way. So um, I think we learned, man. I think we learned. I learned a lot, you know, in the early days from kids. Even when, um, it's, this is in my book. I mean, we used to go downtown, some friends of ours, that's my friends and myself, we used to go downtown. I live in New York, and in the early days, in the 70s, um, Kiss, our New York, were in New York then, and um, they had their management was down, downtown in Manhattan. So my friend Tom, and this is all documented in the book, there's a lot of crazy stories about meeting these guys. We used to go down and meet them in front of the management. Uh, this is when they were in, in the makeup, and you didn't know what they looked like and all that stuff. They were trying to hide what they really looked like, with the, you know, the mystique and all that. It was great. So my friend Tom had some inside information all, uh, all the time, which was awesome. So he would find out where, when they were going to have a meeting. We would go down and wait in sometimes two or three hours at a time in the freezing cold in Manhattan in front of the, um, the office building, uh, waiting for these guys to show up for their meetings. And we met them. And it became, it became a great thing because after a while, we went so often when we found out uh, that they would actually, like Gene still remembers those days when I talked to Gene. He goes, I remember those days, Frank Fellow. I remember you were there in front of the management office. Yes, you know, I don't know how you got that information, but it was such a great, such a great time for us that we knew this like secret place that we could actually meet our heroes. It was really wonderful. And I remember, and this is back to your question, I remember those guys always being available for the fans. They always signed everything we had. Gene was always talking about, we'd ask him every question, every question, like, what are you guys doing? What's the new record coming out? What's the new tour? All those great fan questions that you want. And sometimes anything, we just come out with anything. They would answer everything. And uh, it taught me how to be, uh, how to treat fans and how to treat them right. And then talk and talk and shit, you know, all that stuff and, and just be cool you know, just be a normal human being to people. Steve Harris taught me the same thing when I, I first met Steve way back in the early days. I remember, uh, this is in the book also, meeting, we, uh, we found out they were, uh, Steve was mixing a record down at Electric Lady in Manhattan, Electric Lady Studios in Manhattan. Uh, we found out he, he was down there, and this is before, this is like a piece of mind. Um, and we diehard fans, so a couple, a couple of friends and myself went down there, and we waited outside of Electric Lady. Uh, they, we, beeped, we, we buzzed the buzzer. Um, we went. Uh, they said Steve's not here. He's eating. So there's a lot of great restaurants around there. So we went to look look around in the restaurants. And we, you know it. We went around the corner, and who do we see up in this big picture window eating his dinner in the, at a table? Steve. And he called us in. And he saw us freezing. He called us in. He waved us in. And uh, he said, "Have a seat." And we literally, you know, we literally sat down and uh, and had had um, some food with, with Steve Harris. It just showed me that that's the right right thing to do to be to just to be human to people and, and be one on one with people. And, and uh, nobody's better than anybody else. And it's just like you know, we're all fans. That's the bottom line. And so I learned very early on, you know, that um, fans fans are you know are, are awesome and. Uh, it's, it's an honor to be in this position, to be in a band. That's the way I look at it now. So I've always looked at it that way, but they taught me from way back then, that's the way to be. Because I, I remember being in that position as a fan. I said, man, this is awesome. Steve is being an awesome guy. Gene Simmons, you know, all the guys in Kiss, they're all, they're all great. Iron Maiden, they're all great people. Um, but it taught me at a very early age how great, um, how great they are, and that's the way to be. It's very important to me. It, that's interesting because I... I learned that uh, my first experience with you guys, and you would never remember this in a million years, um, but it was the tour on the the Crazy Nights tour. You guys played Pacific Amphitheater in Costa Mesa here in California, and me sure. and three me and three buddies drove down. We lived near Santa Barbara. We drove down to the show. We're hanging out. Um, your guys' bus was towards the the loading bay, and one of my buddies goes, "Man, I got to go to the bathroom bad. I got to go pee bad." And, you know, back then, most people just in parking lot. He said, no, man, I can't do that. I got to. So he walks through the front gate to the Pacific Amphitheater and it's open. And we follow him in. And we're like, and awesome. you, you guys were setting up and sound checking. We're like, nobody says anything to us. So we walk into the seating. <laughs> we walk into the seating area and you, you can play the fifth of this question if you'd like. Do you ever sure. remember throwing guitar picks of Kiss into the seats before the 
people were let into the venue? Oh, dude, just so you know, Mark, on, on a side note from this for a second, I want to hear the rest of the story, but that, that happened on that tour specifically. Gene, Gene and Paul are like sharpshooters with their picks. Like sharpshooters, they're <laughs> amazing. Actually, like I used to stand on that tour specifically, I would stand at the soundboard to watch and play these great kiss songs at, um, at soundcheck. I just stand at the soundboard, you know, it's the middle of the audience there, right? You know where that is. Yeah. And, and Gene would see me there and he literally throw me, dude, one time Gene, he was so accurate with his pick. And he, right. Be, and I see this, I'm not even exaggerating right between the eyes of my forehead. He hit me right there. I couldn't believe he was so accurate. He nailed me. It was such a great shot. I, I applauded him. I, I just clapped my, that I said, that was awesome. It was is incredible. That's how good they are with their picks. I learned from them, man. But I'm nowhere near as good as them as them with with picks. No way near. Dude, I, we, we were like, we were just like hanging out there by the soundboard because they were just testing signals and whatnot at that time. And you and Scott were just flicking picks like crazy. And we're like, what the fuck are they throwing? Because we couldn't see what it was. <laughs> and then I go over and look. I go, holy shit, it's a kiss pick. And it was a gene pick. I'm like, oh no, here's a Paul. You know, we're like getting all these pictures. Like, what the hell? It's still nobody says anything to us. We don't have laminates or anything. So we walk, we walk backstage, and you guys had just gotten a delivery of like, I think like uh, some Adidas showed up, some comic books showed up, and you guys were going through this whole thing or whatever. And next thing I know, guitar picks are flying backstage. And the four of us somehow got involved in this guitar pick war. You guys and your road crew were flicking picks and whatnot. And one of my one of my buddies, Larry, hit you, and you went, "You're dead." And you took a pick, and I, if I'm not mistaken, you hit him right between the eyes. <laughs> Tell him I'm sorry. <laughs> so, so you learn from Gene. You, you learn good aim, I guess. You see what I mean? It just carries on from there. We all learn that you you guys were learning from us. It's all good. It just carries on. It's passing it forward. You know, forward. That's a great story, dude. I love that. I mean, and that was always, you You guys were so cool. You guys were never like, who Who the hell are you? Or what are you doing back here? I mean, it was just, you were so relaxed. And later on, we, we, we walked up to the edge of the, edge of the, uh, walked up the ramp to where your bus was. And, and one of the guys, the security guy goes, hey, where's your lanyards? They're like, we go, oh, uh, they're on our bus. And they go, okay, make sure you get them next time before you come down. We're like, all right, whatever. And Joey was out there soaking sun as always, you know. And you guys were just so cool, man. You guys were, were the coolest. And that's big shout outs to that, man. Just good memories with you guys throughout the whole your whole career. You know, you try to be like a human. And look, at the end of the day, nobody's perfect. I'm sure we've all had our bad days. And like maybe we had some bad news from home or whatever. Stuff like that happens. And I hope people understand that. But in general, you just want to be normal. You just want to be a, a person. And just, come on, man. We're all, we all go to the bathroom the same way. That's the way I look at it. Come on, man. So let's just all enjoy this ride together. That's, that's the way I look at it. Absolutely. And just to touch on a couple of things before uh, let you go here again. Thanks for your time. I appreciate it. I mean, you guys have graphic novels. You've got a bourbon out. I mean, th- is this all stuff that you guys had planned or was it, you know, Everything last year? Yeah, no, nothing goes underneath the radar with us. Everything is checked on. Um, we don't, we don't do any of that. We make sure everything's uh, agreed on. We, we have this chain of emails that's nonstop, dude. Um, you know, we, we just do stuff that, that interests us first and, we, and what we think people would dig, really. You know, uh, that's the way to do it. And you market the band that way because, let's face it, it hasn't been easy to, to say, hey, we're here, you know, around in this time. You know, we're all in our basements as I am right now. So um, you put stuff out and... And hope and you hope that people dig it as you do. That's all it is, really. I mean, really, there's not there's not a lot of money in, in all that stuff. You just you just you just do it to do it, you know. But um, you just keep it alive. I think that's the way to go, you know. Well, definitely the marketing thing. Just the one thing you guys cannot make is well, two things you can't make. Don't make the anthrax coffin. That doesn't look good. And don't make talcum powder. Everything else is okay. <laughs> Those are two obscure things. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I know. Well, Kiss did the coffin, right? Yeah, yeah, they did. I mean, Dime was buried in it, so I, I give props to that. But an anthrax right. coffin just going underground. We oh, had anthrax, you know. Nah. Uh, yeah. 
That makes sense. I mean, yeah. And, they, and the, with the powder, huh? the talcum powder? Yeah, don't do that. That would be rough. No, you don't want to, you don't want to go that way. No, we'll, we'll keep it, we'll keep it cool. And, um, <laughs> Hey, look, we, we, again, we're, we're just fans in a band. That's the way, that's the way I like to put it. We're fans in a band. Uh, and we just, things that we, we hope that things that we we like that our fans would like, because we relate to them. And that's, that's an important part. You, you can't lose that, uh, that vibe, you know, you know, then, um, just put out the best music you can do and, and, and you could write and, uh, hopefully people dig it and you, and you go on tour and let's have a good time together. Well, man, that, that, that's it. You guys are fans and just, you know, looking, looking what, you know, Charlie did in the past year, with all you know, the rush covers and stuff like that, the things that Scott's yeah, done, you know, just, Oh, by the way, shout out to John Tempesta because he said such great things about you when I, when I ran into him a couple years ago. Love Johnny. I just saw him a couple of weeks ago. I was in LA. Um, and, um, we hung out and, you know, we, Johnny and I played in helmet together, as you know, we, yes. we grew up together in high school and we also played in helmet together. We just went over, we had some good laughs and some great, great times. And, uh, that's all in my book too. Uh, it, all this fun stuff, you know, it's it, Johnny, Johnny's one of the real people on the earth too. So, uh, he's one of the best drummers around, that's for sure. And, uh, he's just a great person. He's one of my best friends. He's awesome. So it's good to have people like that around, you know? Yeah. I'll, I'll ask you the same thing I asked him at one point, judging by, you know, it's New York and it's Sunday and grandma's in, in the kitchen. Is she making sauce or is she making gravy? Well, in my house, it was always gravy, you know, and I understand people that aren't from, um, like an Italian, you know, Italian, uh, family, like not, it's always been gravy to me, but I understand the sauce. So I even say sauce, uh, occasionally it's like, yeah, it's sauce, but gravy. I understand what people think gravy is. This is just the way I grew up in the, so I, as soon as I hear gravy, I think of the red sauce on Sunday afternoon with grandma as you, as you have in your head. And, uh, it makes it for me, it makes it a richer vibe. You know, you can't wait. Um, we, you know, you, you can't wait to have that taste. You know, you almost your taste buds when you hear the word gravy. I don't put a brown sauce in my head. It's a red sauce that, um, like from my grandmother, that your 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 um your glands get ready, your, your your tongue gets ready for that taste. You know what I mean? My mouth waters when I hear the word gravy because I always think, God rest his soul, my grandmother's gravy on a Sunday afternoon, as you, as you just said. So it's a very uh, it's a heartfelt thing with me, but I understand the sauce thing. I totally understand it. But for me, the way I grew up, that's okay. But you can do whatever you want, you know, say whatever you want. He had the same answer. He said, it's gravy, but you know, people call it sauce. And you know, you, you, as she's making it, you walk in, you dip some of the bread into it. You take a bite. Oh, you're waiting for the, all the, you know, the garlic to meld in together and all that stuff. Yeah. And you put a little, um, Parmesan cheese on top of it and, you, and you're good to go until dinner. So that's, that's the whole style. You, you get that nice piece of bread, dip it in there. You put a little Parmesan on top. You just put a little extra flavor, which is always nice. And then um, that'll carry you over because you know you get your taste buds ready for the, the, the great feast that the dinner is going to be in one or two hours from then. So you're all psyched up. Kind of, kind of, it's like, kind of like a tease for your taste buds. Dude, I, I feel you, man. See, I, I enjoy cooking. You guys are out here in, uh, at Aftershock on, I think, the first day you guys are playing this year, man. If there's a way I would make you guys some killer gravy and bring it to you guys for the show man say here here's food for the anthrax crew man hey look i'm not opposed to tasting anybody's gravy believe me i'm all, <laughs> I'm all good I'm, I'm a food I'm, I'm a food guy dude so uh i love food uh, as as you can imagine but uh, i grew up in a in a house that had an amazing an amazing uh, variety of wonderful food and uh and my wife is a great cook now too so it's all good all good so um i've lucked out in that department do that all good, but the food is my passion that that's awesome, man. And I, I know we're, we're short on time here, but again, I just want to say thank you for your time today. You, you know, the, the 40 years of inspiration and perspiration you've given me trying to play and, and do music and uh, <laughs> you know, everything you guys have done, man, just, just a fan. And thank you so much. Um, Mark, thank you for yourself. And thanks, thanks for being a fan and staying around this long. But um, dude, um, when we play out there, I don't know what the, you know, do you know what the backstage Vibe is, uh, I don't know, because I understand because they, they're having people be careful with, with the whole COVID thing. Is there a backstage at this thing? Is there going to be people allowed to hang out or can you come say hello? I have no idea what they're going to do. 
Yeah, usually, you know, yeah, I don't know what it's going to be like now with the, you know, restrictions, but hopefully by October it's different. But there's usually a media tent there, you know, and I usually do interviews back there or do photography. And by the way, thanks for liking the pictures I've posted on Instagram because you've liked some of the pictures I have from you guys from the last time you played Aftershock. So I appreciate that. Of course. Cool, man. Thanks. Yeah, dude, dude if, it, if it's open and available, if we can do that, I mean, I don't know what they have planned. It's not up to us, really. So. Uh, yeah, definitely come say hello. Well, maybe I'll come, I'll come to the, the tent, the press tent, and say hello, you know, do an interview and say hello. Absolutely, man. I would be honored. Same here, man. Absolutely honored. Well, look, dude, ha- have a fantastic day. Happy 4th to you. Again, happy early birthday to you as well, and hope you and the family have a wonderful Thanks. weekend. Man, same here. Uh, health, good health and happiness to you, all the fans out there, dude. We love you. Can't wait to see you all. Looking forward to... Um, getting some heaviness out there. Let's, let's, let's do this together. All right. Absolutely. Mark, you take care of yourself. Thanks Frank. You I appreciate too, you. And that was my interview with Frank Bello, bassist of anthrax. I love my conversation with Frank. He's a great guy, great energy, open about everything. And again, I cannot wait to aftershock. Another Danny Wimmer Presents Festival here in Sacramento, California. Looking forward to see Anthrax on that bill. Same day as Exodus, Testament. Um, just a freaking, I think Haybreed's on that day as well. Just a phenomenal, phenomenal lineup going on there. So, again, shout out to Frank Bello for making it happen, man. I appreciate you. Thanks for your time today. And you listeners out there, if you made it this far, please like, share, subscribe give me a thumbs up give me a comment i appreciate you you can always find me online at hardrockcore.net with links to all of my socials including instagram twitter the spotify playlist the youtube channel and of course all of this the podcast information as always stay safe stay true tell your family and friends you love them give them a hug and have an awesome day.